It's 6 o'clock. Always a good time to call Baird Brothers. Traditional craftsmanship, timeless style. Online at BairdBrothers.com. News Radio 570, WKBN, Youngstown's News, Weather, and Talk Station. Fox News Radio, I'm Jane Metzler. A $54 billion increase in defense spending to be offset by cuts in foreign aid and domestic programs. President Trump giving a gathering of the nation's governors an indication of what he'll discuss tomorrow in a speech to a joint session of Congress. Military, safety, economic development, and things such as that. There will be a Democratic response tomorrow night, but some leaders of the opposition party figured, why wait? Fox's Jared Halpern, live from Capitol Hill. Republicans and Democrats are making predictions ahead of President Trump's first address to a joint session of Congress. We're looking forward to a positive, upbeat uh, presentation tomorrow night. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell, after a meeting with President Trump, says the GOP agenda in Congress is no different than the president's agenda. Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer argues tomorrow's address is far less important than his predecessors. Because his speeches don't indicate what he's actually going to do. Predicting a populist message that will fail working-class Americans. Jane. Thanks, Jared. The Trump administration wanted to put its legal appeal on hold as it prepares an immigration executive order to replace the original shot down by the courts. Fox's Jessica Rosenthal on what an appeals panel ruled today. Jane, when a federal judge in Seattle temporarily suspended the president's immigration refugee travel ban, the Department of Justice appealed to the Ninth Circuit, and the Ninth Circuit sided with the federal judge. The order remained suspended. The Trump administration said it would rewrite the order and ask the lower court judge to put things on hold. He said no. He also asked the Ninth Circuit to put the appeal on hold, and today the Ninth Circuit said no. The rewritten order is expected to be unveiled Wednesday. It's unclear how different it will be, though many legal experts suspect it will make an exception for those who hold green cards, Jane. Thanks, Jessica. Fox News Radio, fair and balanced. I'm Jay Farner, president of Quicken Loans. Changes in Washington are not only affecting the nation's economy, but your family's as well. Quicken Loans can show you how to take advantage of a cash-out refinance to pay off credit card debt or invest in home improvements. In fact, you may be able to eliminate private mortgage insurance. No matter what's happening in Washington, it's always a smart move to call us at 800-QUICKEN. The rate to on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.18%, APR 4.35%. Experience the confidence that comes from working with a mortgage partner that has your best interest in mind. For seven years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the third year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. Call 800-QUICKEN today or go to quickenloans.com. That's 800-QUICKEN. Visit JDPower.com for award information. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS. ConsumerAccess.org. Number 3030. Our next update at 630. Just ahead. More stimulating talk from the O'Charlie's Digital Studios. 999 menu. Nine great meals. One great price. O'Charlie's. The Storm Team 27 forecast is brought to you by Mazza Heating and Cooling in Girard. Your authorized Pride dealer. Need a furnace checkup? Call Mazza. Small chance for a few sprinkles or light showers tonight, mainly cloudy skies, temperatures falling into the mid-30s, mostly cloudy Tuesday, showers developing especially through the afternoon, chance of thunder through evening, highs in the upper 50s. With your Storm Team 27 forecast, I'm meteorologist Paul Wetzel.
Temperature 43 degrees. The following is a paid program and does not necessarily represent the views of iHeartMedia. Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA, SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. This is the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. Hey, I'm from News Radio 570 WKVN. It's Monday night. John Arnold's on the line. News Radio 570 WKVN. Welcome, John. Hey, Ron. Welcome. How you doing? Thanks Good. for having me. Another record day. Yes, it was by the by the, the slimmest of margins. It uh, it rallied in the middle of the end of the day, and uh, here we have another high. So I'm either going to look like a stud here in the next four days, or uh, next trading days, um, or like a complete uh, idiot, probably by next money at this time because I'm predicting a pretty hard downturn uh, 10 trading days ago, uh, which was five trading days ago. So we'll see. But, hey, I uh, happen to be catching your program uh, for the past hour and a half, and I loved it. Uh, and I, I'd like to make some commentary on, on uh, the property tax thing, if you don't mind. Go ahead. I'd love to hear it. Hey, let me tell you something. You couldn't be more on the money on on uh, on what you're talking about. And then the second thing I want to tell you is thank God that we have 570 in the Youngstown area as a voice of the Valley. And by the way, for you listeners out there, because I spend, say, a quarter to third, a third of my year in Florida, that's a special thing. That particular voice doesn't happen in other cities. It's a, it's a rare thing. It's a Youngstown thing. And thank God we have it. But let me tell you something that happened to me. Uh, that was absolutely absurd, which which is going to really reinforce what you're talking about. <clears throat> so I purchased my building and my home in almost identical months last year and uh, in, in, say, 2015. And at that time, uh, we had got a good deal on both, both properties, and we, we purchased them. We didn't get a property tax bill for over 15 months, and the reason for that was is they sent my bill – to the former owners. Now, the former owner of my home moved to Florida and retired, so he had been getting he'd been getting a bill, uh, my bill for over 15 months, and then my prop and then on my building, they sent my bill to the former tenant of my the former owner, not even the former owner, but the former tenant. The irony in this whole thing is, the former owner of my 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 residential property in Ohio. Uh, was 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 borderline a friend of mine. His daughter campaigned for me, and when I ran for school board in Salem, so he sent me a the bill. Said, "Hey, John, are you getting this?" I said, "No." And when I got my bill, they had the parcel address right, but they had the uh, the they had the actual the address wrong, which is amazing to me. And the same thing happened with my property, my building address, to where they had the parcel correct, the address on that, but they were sending. My my property tax bill to a literally a fabricated uh, address that no one even even including them didn't even know how they got that. And <clears throat> luckily, Doctor Agnesi stopped by, who was the former tenant, and said he was a former friend of mine from Rotary. Said, "Hey, here's your tax bill." So immediately the same week we got those tax bills, we paid them. And knowing how inefficient it is down there, I paid them online, November twenty second, printed out my statement. Do you know that three weeks later? They printed in the vindicator that not only uh, that I guess I'm rephrasing, rephrase, that I did not pay any of my eighteen thousand dollars 
and property taxes do. <laughs> oh, my God. Hang on, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> so for $18,000, I get humiliated in the paper. How I found out about this was my, my clients, who have millions of dollars with us, called me because I, I really don't read The Vindicator, to be honest with you. I, I wish I could. I don't have time. Um, it's a good paper. But <clears throat> they called me up and asked me if I was all right financially. And I was like, what, well, you know, basically, what are you getting at here? And um, they said, well, your name's in the paper for <laughs> thousands of dollars in property taxes. And, of course, here's the, here was my covering. I sent them, the, you know, my clients those that asked the receipt of me paying property taxes. Now, I got to tell you, they weren't in the wrong. I, I would be uh, very, um, I, would, I don't know, be very skeptical, skeptical about investing money with a gentleman in this firm that was $18,000 in arrears in property taxes. I no way, shape, or form would recommend anybody doing that. But that wasn't the case. And luckily for me, I had proof. And knowing, knowing the incompetence down there, I printed out the receipts. The second thing I wanted to tell you is they refused to retract that statement in the vindicator. The vindicator carries no liability, what I found out, because they consider the auditor slash the treasurer's office to be an advertiser. So I called some various clients who had the same problem. They said, yeah, that's the way it goes, and basically, you know, don't worry about it. So, But I did because I'm very proud, and, and uh, that is a very fearful thing. But more importantly, how in the world are we electing a treasurer uh, in, in that type of the, the it runs that kind of efficiency and, and can make that kind of mistake. And by the way, for $18,000 in taxes, don't you think I deserve to get, uh, you know, you know, one, the right address. And then when I went down there, <laughs> yes. I got to tell, tell you, I went down there and there, there's a, there's a positive spin to this. First of all, I want you to know that a guy stepped up, was, was embarrassed for the, for the office, stepped up, Completely rectified. His name is Ralph Meacham. He's, he's outstanding. We are very lucky to have a guy like that as an auditor. He rectified it, removed the penalty, said this is dead wrong. We're sorry. I'm done. But it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault. It was the treasurer's office. And then the other guy who stepped up for me is Tito Brown. So Tito Brown stepped up for me and said, hey, we'll get this handled. I'm sorry. Boom, boom, boom. But when I went down there, you know, I got, I got a, a bitchy lady uh, who didn't want to help me, who could, could not give me an answer of why. They got the parcel addresses right and the, po- and, and the address to actual properties wrong. It was, a, it was a yelling match for 20 minutes until Tito stepped in. I still have yet to get that answer. Dan Yemma still has yet to give me an answer is the reason why that's allowed. According to him, he's always on a conference call. So here's my point to your whole conversation. In, 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 in other words, you felt Yemma's office <laughs> wasn't one run very well. No, none. Zero results. If I ran my business... Even a tenth as poorly as that business, I would have my license revoked. Mm-hmm. You know, in our industry, you can't. You get a complaint, whether it's false, true, or half true, it goes on your public record. I have six complaints on my public record, three of which have been denied, and the other three are, by the way, of clients I've never even met because I was a supervisor. You know, those are still on my public record. So you can imagine if I actually had done something wrong and 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 created and and, and was as I don't know, poorly ran a poorly enough office on money as these people do. Who might be in jail? And, and it comes back to, and by the way, it comes back to what you were talking about earlier in your show, accountability. You know, I would be willing to pay more. I would if they gave us a difference, if they would give us something more. But what they're doing is giving us less. They're giving us inefficiency, and they're asking for more dollars, and it's crap. And, and you could tell by the passion of my voice on this, I am fired up. And, and, and we have a great county. We have a great city. 
and no one and, and everybody gets a pass, and it's it's wrong because we are stuck in a fifty year recession, and no one gives a damn. And thank God for people like you who call it out on the radio. I'm well, and, and and this isn't the, you know, like you were saying, you bought the properties, you never got the tax bills, they couldn't get them to the to where they needed to be. If it wasn't for the people that you knew giving it to you, you you would have never received it whatsoever. And then you're saying when you went down to Yemma's office, they were just rude to you. Yeah, they were rude, and 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 I'll be honest, with you, I got to stick up for Dan a little bit. He did reply to me in email form. But there was no apology. There was no. I kept. I kept hounding them. Give me a reason why this is allowed. Why? Are, how in the world can you get the parcel address correct? So you know the address is correct, but send it to two addresses that don't exist. How is that possible? And they and then they tried to throw the blame on the post office, which was incorrect. Mm-hmm. The post office just delivers where they put it. Right. How did that happen? You know what it was? It was inefficiency and incompetence. And I dare. As a matter of fact, I invite. Please. I will give you a gift card for any amount of money you want. Please debate me on this. I have all the proof, and and they won't. They won't even return your. They won't even return an answer, and it's ridiculous. Right, but but you're saying, but your screw up and your mistake, and then when you paid it online, and then and then to put it in the paper, further infuriated you. Oh, it was humiliating, and not to mention it's not like I'm running Joe's plumbing shop. I'm I'm handling literally millions of dollars. And with all the fraud and the, and, and the turmoil that goes on in the investment industry, by the way, which is rare, this is what you know, it's a very highly regulated industry, but that's all you hear about on the news. You only hear about the bad guys. So with that all going on, you know, it, it, it really caused suspicion and fear for our clients. No reason. Humiliated me, a guy who pays his taxes, who supports the community in every way he can. And, 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 not, employs, and a lot of taxes. People. A lot of taxes. A lot of taxes, a ridiculous amount. I want you to know, they appra- and, then, and then here's the cherry on top, another thing that they're trying to fix. They, my building I purchased at top dollar around 325 It's an average building, about 3,500 square foot, very nice, uh, with a nice basement. And, and the other buildings, the comps are 320 to 350000 They appraised my building at $425,000 and can't give me a justification on that, <laughs> which is $10,000. In, in property taxes. So what I do is I pay the amount that I think it's due, and I've obviously filed an appeal. But here's the deal. What about all the people in the world who don't have time or the know-how to do that? And, again, i got to tell you, i got to give a lot of credit immediately. And I, I'm not just saying this. He's, a, he's somewhat of an acquaintance, a friend of mine. I voted for him. I had no idea how great Ralph Meacham was. Oh, I think I think he is a he is unbelievable, outstanding. You know what I like about Meacham? Meacham is all. It comes from the private sector. He's he's all business, and you know Meacham is out there trying to say to people, and I think the world of the guy. He's out there. Meacham is out there saying we have a shrinking population in our community. We better start making adjustments now to this because that's where it's heading. And he's you know he's projecting ahead. He's like a business guy. He's looking down the road, saying, "Let's not wait for that. Let's figure out what the game plan is." He's a he's a, that that guy deserves to be reelected in a blink of an eye. I, I, I dare. I mean, I got to tell you, he shouldn't even be contested on the upcoming election. But I'm here to walk the walk and talk the talk. That guy walked the walk, right? Straight up, right? He's and, a, and and and, I, and for you, Mahoney County voters out there, we are lucky to have him. And by the way, Ralph Meacham and I might talk. 
twice a year. This is no, but, not, uh, but, but he, this but is not a personal endorsement. This is the fact. Right. He does a really good job. But, you know, as you're talking, it reminded me when you shared with our listeners, I mean, for the longest time, I mean, obviously John does stocks, bonds, and all that kind of stuff, but he, but he had a, a huge amount of rental properties, and that was something that tied kind of into it, John, because you, you, you know, you would say, you would think to yourself when you're running to somebody that needs a place to rent that they would take care of it, but in many cases they did not take care of it, and this is where they live. And on top of that, you would be haunted by water bills that made no sense before you even bought the property, right? Well, not only did that, not only did that happen, but <clears throat> we, on the ongoing water bills, which was ridiculous, and when you go down and you have to stand in a line for half an hour at the water bill department, and then again, you get bitchy people waiting on you as if you owe them money. And basically, you, as the water bill payer, you're making sure they still have a job. I could, I could, I could literally have ten shows about that particular situation. So let me tell you front to back how that applies to the investment show that you and I run here. I am a, I'm very adamant on not investing all your money with an investment guy. I am a true investment advisor that owns his own registered and investment advisory service. And what that means to you, Mr. and Mrs. Klein, is sometimes I'm going to say, maybe it makes sense to take some of this money and go buy a franchise, which is what I don't do. Maybe it makes sense to go buy maybe three or four rental properties, uh, you know, at an auction, fix them up, and maybe get some rental income from that. Maybe it makes sense to do this or that without me being in stocks, bonds, and ETFs. Because I, I, I really value my, uh, my, my title as an investment advisor, and a lot of that has to do with telling people what to do with their money that that sometimes doesn't apply to investing money in the stock market. And I, and so here's what I've done. I bought over 36 rental properties over the past six years in the city of Girard, Youngstown, and Borman. Now, Borman and Girard were outstanding to deal with, I have to tell you. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, those properties were so nice that I bought them in less than six months. I flipped them for about a 35% return without even advertising a flip, without even trying to flip. It was that it was that welcoming of a, of a return. However, my investment properties on on the west side of Youngstown, borderline Austintown, and then I had a couple on the south side, which is my, my fault because south side is what it is. But west side, not too bad. I, I, my name's on those properties, and therefore we landscaped them, we mowed weekly. I mean, we made them very nice. We made them habitable to a place to where I wouldn't mind living in them myself. My name was on them, and therefore. I didn't want to be known as a slumlord. You put a lot of you money know, into them, yeah. We put a lot of money into them because, again, my name was on them. I felt like if you took care of the properties, the tenants would take care of you. And if you and if you get in the rental business not knowing that about twenty percent of your renters are going to suck, and or you know desert you or this and that, shame on you. I'm, I'm, I wasn't. I was born last night, not yesterday. So I knew going in that I was going to have a twenty percent, um, you know, basically error, so to speak, margin of error there. But of the 80%, I thought my return would be adequate enough to really recover that 20%. Where, where I went wrong was the over-evaluation and over-appraisal of those rental properties, which took two and a half years to get my property and tax money back, which was ridiculous. Secondly, which was by the former auditor, by the way, Ralph Meacham gets in, so, done deal, signed, still delivered. John, here's your money back. That's ridiculous. Secondly, the water department. We had people literally disconnecting the, the, the water meter, running a hose, somehow can, running some kind of hose. I'm not very mechanically inclined, but they figured out how to run a water, connect hoses from, the, from one side of the pipe to the other to skip the water meter altogether and get free water. 
So me being the good citizen and the good Samaritan, called down the Youngstown Water Department, and we got criminal activity going on here, blah, 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 blah. Uh, hey, we'll, we'll get to you. We'll handle it. Do you know nothing ever came about that? And do you know I was stuck with a $650 water bill while the tenant got the steal and no one called her out on it? I, I have literally stories upon stories upon stories of that faulty and incompetent and inefficient water department. There's an absolute disaster, and I could give a rat's ass who thinks what I think about it. And, and please, again, debate me on the show. I love to humiliate you. Oh. And, 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 and it's, it's a shame because we got a good thing going in Youngstown, but it's the lack of leadership and it's the lack of efficiency at that particular level of government that is hurting a lot of people. And I'm, and I'm so glad to see them get hurt a little bit back. Go ahead. And ultimately, it led you to say enough of this, right? Where you, where you and said, I did. I did. And luckily, I, mean, I, I, mean, I got wait, out of that business. Wait, 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 where ultimately you said, guess what? I fix these places up, and people go in and they trash them. And uh, I and uh, I try to get uh, you know these issues resolved with the water department, and they go nowhere. Why? Why am I putting myself through this? Basically, it comes down to that, right, John? It does, and and you know what? As a as a as a, you know, I was born in the North Side, Benita Avenue. I have, I have a little love for that that Youngstown area. I think it can make a comeback, and I wanted to be part of that. And in the truth, let's let's face it, I was trying to make a profit, and I still would, but my heart's involved there, and. I got to tell you, we, we, the Section 8 housing department is incredibly incompetent and incredibly stupid down there. I, I, again, I could just tell you over and over and over how many times uh, things were missed and, and how rude they were. We had the inspections. Uh, my property, manager, property managers would show up for the inspection, be courteous and polite, as they're always instructed to do, to both the tenant and the inspector. The tenant was very implied to the inspector. Do you know these la- this lady would show up and wouldn't even acknowledge to our, our property manager? One answer questions, go in, fail her on ridiculous things, say, we'll be back in seven days if you don't fix it, your Section 8's done, et cetera. It, we are writing their paycheck. It's not the other way around. And the, the leadership there doesn't really give a crap on how they treat the homeowners or the tenants. The tenants was very courteous. And the tenant was, and she wasn't to us as landlords, but she was to the inspector, and she treated her like crap too. But then you go to Trumbull County. I had homes in Trumbull County. It was the exact opposite. It was very professional. We're going to do what we got to do to help you out. If you're, as long as you're not a scumball, et cetera, et cetera, then we get the job done. Same in, same with, with some other places, but absolutely, without a doubt, the YMHA on a scale of one to ten is probably a minus a hundred on efficiency and accountability. Mm-hmm. So how it comes down, so so you're talking about, like, you know, them wanting to hire, raise our taxes or them wanting more money from our paychecks to support it. Well, justify it, please. Just please, just for once, justify that tax raise or even the current tax I pay to you. Please show me, because in my business, if I don't perform, I get fired. Ron, if you don't perform and you're shoveling snow or mowing lawns or at iHeart, believe me, they have no problem terminating your contract. And it's the same with we. If you're a doctor, a lawyer, a plumber, electrician, if you don't perform, you don't make a paycheck. But in 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 our, in, in our society, in our government, that is not the case. And I'm glad to hear people like you who are out there kicking ass and working hard, and, and you're raising two great you know great some great kids to be the same. Give a damn and bring them to the public's attention. And, and, and I love it. Well, you hear you don't you hear it on a regular basis, John, from the people that you see that are retired, 
And, you know, Social Security hasn't really given them any significant raises, and whatever they got has gone into their health care cost. And, you know, you you can't just keep raising raising more and more taxes and everything so that they can't enjoy their retirement. You hear it firsthand, I'm sure. Uh, Man, you you just hit another sore spot with me and you didn't even know it. That Social Security deal is is criminal to to to. I can't even begin to tell you the math on that. How bad that is. First of all, you've been putting into that fund most of us anyway. You know, when it was me riding my my bike to Ben's restaurant, wash dishes, or you doing whatever you did did at fourteen. But I, I've been putting in the Social Security till I was fourteen. A lot of my clients, most of my clients who weren't born with a silver spoon, have done the same. They can't touch and get to the majority of their money. The highest payout till 67. But let's say they get it at 62. Do you, under, do you understand how long you would have to live to even get somewhat of the money you actually put in there, plus the amortized interest and the compounding interest, excuse me, compounding interest you would have made had you just put that in the SP 500? You will never live that long. It's a human impossibility to even begin to touch the amount of money that went in Social Security since you were 14 to the time you retire. And that's another thing. When people say to me, "Why are you always recommending taking your money, especially if it's going to raise, you know, be taxed at 62 instead of waiting till the, the max age?" Because one, you don't know when you're going to die. But more importantly, get your damn money back. Get some of this money back you've been giving the government for free that they're spending wastefully. That they're not. That they are. They're doubling down on you because they're making you spend more in your own Medicare, and and then adjusted it off your Social Security. That's criminal. That's not what Social Security was for. And shame on them for not doing the proper math back when it was invented. And they tried to put that on us. Shame on them for not doing the proper math. People say, well, Social Security wasn't designed to last till age 90. You know, so what? It's still our money. It's still our money. And shame on you for not doing the math right. We, don't, we shouldn't pay for your poor math as citizens. The government should pay for the poor math. And you know what? These congressmen and senators, they don't have an answer for you. I'd love to get some on the phone. Answer me, please. Tell us how you can justify telling our citizens, our seniors, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, or Independent, please justify to me, please, how you justify that. Please. Uh, literally, you could have the floor for 20 minutes. Uh, uh, all you'll hear is uh and excuses, I promise you. And that's out of both, that's out of both congressmen. I, I could ask the same thing to Bill. I could ask the same thing. You pick any senator or congressman you want. They cannot justify how they're able to do that. And then you got John Kasich wanting to talk about raising it, but he's out of his mind even suggesting that. So well, and, and tell I'm very passionate about. Well, stuff. no, but uh, but uh, in the in previous broadcast, you talked about uh, where you where you see this basically. Me- I don't want to say meltdown, but where you're seeing more and more communities that can't afford to cover their retirees, even uh, from the public uh, uh, sector. Or the man, we got a we got an absolute financial collision crash course coming with long term care. You cannot throw senior citizens out on the street, or we, uh, by the way, 33% of all people in nursing homes are below the age of 60. I just want you to know that. Mm. So if you're out there working and say, well, well what he's saying that doesn't affect me, BS, you get in a car crash or something happens to you, you got Parkinson's, you can't, your family can't take care of you because they don't have the money to, to hire an assistant to take care of you, your own home. Guess where you're going? You're going into a Medicaid home. All right. So, what we have here is an absolute budget collision coming, and it's absolutely 100%. Uh, 
The only thing they're going to have to do is they're going to have to regulate long-term care insurance to where everybody can afford it, which, by the way, that's never going to happen. Majority of that long-term care insurance in this, in this industry have long gone. Goodbye. No, thank you. Don't want nothing to do with it. Hold on the for a second, thing, John. Let me ahead. pause, and we're going to come back and pick it up with uh, John right after our 6.30 break on this, which I think is a vital issue because he has talked about, I want him to talk about this, I want him to talk about, you know, how you start start to see Detroit and other scenarios like that in big financial trouble and where that's uh, where that's heading. We'll come back, talk more with John Arnold after the break. News Radio 570 WKVN. Monday night, Truth and Investing Show. John Arnold's here till 7 on News Radio 570 WKVN. We'll be right back. It's 6.30. This is a Bloomberg Market Minute. It's been 30 years since the Dow did this. It extended its winning streak for closing at a record to 12 straight sessions. And with that, the Dow tied its 1987 milestone by adding 16 points, rising to almost 20,838. The S&P set a new record close as well, up two points to almost 2,370. The Nasdaq gained 17. Its close was not a record. Alan Skranka of Cornerstone Wealth Management says investors are looking forward to hearing from President Trump in his speech to Congress tomorrow night. I believe investors are anticipating a three-pronged strategy, lower regulations, lower taxes, and uh, more infrastructure spending. And I think the speech this week is likely to generate a lot of enthusiasm. Warren Buffett provided a boost to Apple. Its shares rose about a fifth of a percent after the so-called Oracle of Omaha said his Berkshire Hathaway investment firm has more than doubled its share in Apple to about two and a half percent of the company. I'm Joan Doniger, Bloomberg Radio. Fox News Radio. I'm Lisa Lacera. A $54 billion increase in defense spending. President Trump outlining his budget blueprint. This defense spending increase will be offset and paid for by finding greater savings and efficiencies across the federal government. The president speaking at the White House this morning. Democrats already blasting the plan. The full budget plan will be unveiled in May. Japanese auto parts maker Takata taking responsibility and a major hit to its wallet in its defective airbag scandal. Takata entered a guilty plea today in a Detroit courtroom to a federal wire fraud charge and agreed to pay a billion dollar fine in conjunction with allegations it used faulty airbag inflators believed to have caused 16 deaths worldwide, 11 of them in the U.S., and hurt more than 180 people. Fox's Grinnell Scott. Separately, the company faces dozens of consumer and state lawsuits that could run into millions of dollars. Fox News, we report, you decide. Our next update at 7. Just ahead, more stimulating talk from the O'Charlie's Digital Studios. $9.99 menu, nine great meals, one great price. O'Charlie's. For news anytime, go to 570WKBN.com. Brought to you by Donnell Ford Boardman. Discover the Donnell difference. This pillow. The Storm Team 27 forecast is brought to you by Mazza Heating and Cooling in Girard. Your authorized Bryant dealer. Don't be left out in the cold. Call Mazza. Small chance for a few sprinkles or light showers tonight. Mainly cloudy skies. Temperatures falling into the mid-30s. Mostly cloudy Tuesday. Showers developing, especially through the afternoon. Chance of thunder through evening. Highs in the upper 50s. With your Storm Team 27 forecast, I'm meteorologist Paul Wetzel. Currently 43. 
Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA, SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. Now back to the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. Monday night at six, it's John Arnold on News Radio five seventy WQVN. Now pick up with your with, with uh, something which I didn't realize you were saying thirty uh, about thirty percent of the people on uh, in nursing homes are below the age of sixty, and that there's a coming crisis there. Well, one's irrelevant to the other, but yeah. So the point is, is for our listenership out there, I know it was all ages, and what I'm trying to tell you is. It's just not senior citizens that are in nursing homes or in assisted living homes. There's folks that have cerebral palsy. There's folks that have, have you know, got AIDS. There's some people that have uh, been paralyzed. I have. There's all kinds of reasons why young people end up in nursing homes because, you know, something catastrophic has happened in their life. Combine that with they don't have the, the care or the caregivers to provide them services at home. So therefore, they got to search out nursing homes. So. It's not just this overwhelming, overloaded, whelming, overwhelming, uh, you know, people are getting older and living better. That is true. But the truth of the matter is so is our younger population. And it's a, there's going to be a catastrophic collapse on the long-term, long-term care. Uh, it's inevitable. The math is inevitable. Facilities in, in our system. So Medicaid can only support so much payout, right? Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Medicaid is, is funded by our tax dollars. If and now here's the cool thing that there's the one positive spin. Again, it sounds like I'm being political, but I promise you I'm not. I try to be unpolitical on the show. Trump, which is one of the reasons why I voted for the guy, is a strictly on a numerical basis. Trump is trying to attract small, medium, and especially large corporations back to the United States with any methods necessary. We need that tax revenue from these corporations to support that Medicaid deficit that's happening. And, that, and by the way, our state budgets fund pensions for firemen, for police officers, for, sec, for, for, for teachers, basically for state employees, whether they're working a turnpike or whether they're, dri- they're driving a, high, a state patrol car, those pensions are funded from state tax dollars. How, many, how much more do you think that, that, that the levy's going to take before it breaks from the American home taxpayer, which is why... I'm talking about this on my show. Like, the first half an hour was a barrage of negativity, but it's because I care. It's not because I'm just trying to be a jackass or hurt somebody. It's because no one wants to be proactive. No one wants to do what, need, what needs to be, you know, like what we need him to. He's being proactive and saying, hey, this levy's going to break. You better do something. Our, our, our officials seem to be rewarded for doing as little as they can while in office, and then they get out with these huge pensions, and then the, the the guy or the woman getting in there left with this bag of crap, and and then before and then now it's too late. They need a magic wand to solve the problem, and that's impossible. So I'm saying that because the one good news, the one piece of good news that we do have is we have a guy that come hell or high water is doing everything he can to get small, medium, and large-sized businesses. And really, I could care less how he talks about women or 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 what what Muslim he's offending. I could care less. You know what I care about? My kids being able to go to a decent school, the teachers that are teaching him able to afford things because who wants to work for nothing? 
what I care about is, is police officers and firemen getting paid what they're due. And guess what's going to happen? If pensions start falling, pensions start falling, and they start screwing these people because their money's not left in the state budget, these people aren't going to do their job to the to the best of their ability because that's human nature. There is a disaster coming. I promise you this. But the good news is we got to got to wrangle it and 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 hopefully save it before it's too late. And it's tipping edge. You can you can argue me to the cows go home. That's a numerical mathematical fact. Right now, now also you've talked about these uh, the the state pension funds. You know, for the retired uh, uh, public sector workers, many states are teetering on those California, Detroit, and that kind of stuff. Whether or not they'll be able to fulfill their obligations during that crisis situation. Do you know Illinois, the liberal and socialist state that they are in California, which is the the, the country of California? Um, they were handing out IOUs to their workers. I want you to think, I want your head to wrap around that for just a second, listenership and Ron. They were issuing IOUs instead of paychecks because they were out of money. If they're doing that in 2009 and 2010, what do you think is going to happen in the future when the population gets older and healthier? And, and, and by the way, not attracting small businesses back and medium-sized businesses and large corporations to fund that tax a tax deficit. What do you think is going to happen? And and here's the thing: no one's talking about it. I, I, people blast will quit being so negative. Well, this is real life, and, and we're hiring you as as public leaders and, and servants to, to guard against that for our best interests. And uh, bottom line is is whether it's at the Mahoney County level or whether it's at the national level, something needs done. And you're right on the money bringing it out. To, you're 100 percent. Doing a public service run, bringing it out during your hours, you're able to talk to the public about it. It's a wonderful thing. Well, there's a, there's a couple of things I wanted to also mention to you uh, here tonight. John Arnold's, I guess, two weeks after David Stockman warned that the market is apparently price, uh, pricing in a huge Trump stimulus. But if you just look at the real world out there, the only thing that's going to happen is a fiscal bloodbath and a White House train wreck like never before in U.S. history and uh, let's see, that's what's uh, going on today in a complex insanity. He's back with another interview, this time uh, with, uh, this is uh, Stockman that they're talking about, we saying this. Uh, let's see, what else does he have? He says, financial pain is a mathematical certainty. Stockman explains, I think we are likely to have more of a fiscal bloodbath rather than a fiscal stimulus. Unfortunately for Donald Trump, not only did the public vote the establishment out they left on his doorstep the inheritance of 30 years of debt building up and a fiscal policy that's been really reckless in the extreme people would like to think that he's the second coming of ronald reagan and we're going to have morning in america unfortunately i don't think it looks that promising because trump is inheriting a mess that pales in significance with what we had to deal with in January of 1981 when I joined the Reagan White House's budget director. So can the Trump bump in the stock market keep going? Stockman, who wrote the book titled Trump, predicting a Trump victory in 2016, says, I don't think there is a snowball chance in the hot place that's going to happen. This is delusional. This is the greatest suckers rally of all time. It is based on pure uh, hopium and not any built-in uh, analysis at all what is what it will take to push through a big tax cut. You know, so he's saying, I thought I read somewhere here, he was talking about uh, 
close attention. Let's see. He's saying March 15th, 2017, which isn't that far away. Any thoughts about what he's saying here? Hey, Ron, listen, I'm not trying to be a know-it-all and say I said so, but, man, I've been telling you this for the past probably 10 shows that haven't been pre-recorded, that Trump could have not got himself in at a worse time. He entered this market at the exact opposite of Ronald Reagan's situation. And what that what that Stockman's talking about, not the irony of his name, but the, what that Stockman is talking about is the bond collapse. You have interest rate. You're right. The, the damn the way they've been handling interest rates mm-hmm. for the past forty years, especially for this past ten. Keep in mind, we've had two interest rate increases in ten years. Has been absolutely absurd. I don't care. Well, I can't. I don't want to offend anybody with religion, but let's just say this. Above Jesus coming down and waving, waving a special wand, what that guy is describing is a mathematical fact. You are going to get financial Armageddon when this bond market collapses. I don't know when. I'm not a fear inducer. Mm-hmm. I, I think you can make money in the stock market still. But but I you, do but, believe, but you I talked do about we're at the end of this rally. Right, but you, but you talked about getting a. Well, this goes even back further. You said get out of bonds. <laughs> Oh, I've been saying that for four years. Right. But, been, but listen, I haven't been wrong or right. I mean, if you're a bond, you didn't really lose that much. You haven't really made that much. But you definitely would have made a hell of a lot more money in the SP 500. So it kind of proves me to be right. But there hasn't been this catastrophic market collapse on the bond market that has happened yet. So <clears throat> here's my here's what I hope, and this is what the Trump administration is hoping. They're hoping they, they can have enough inertia and enough people come back to the United States and enough employment excuse me, under unemployment become employment of real, 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 you know, decent paying jobs and real benefits and enough confidence to kind of over, overtake that collapse that this gentleman's talking about. And that very well could happen. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm overly, an overly optimistic, bullish personality. I'm the kind of, kind of guy that if I'm going to bar myself, I got to take on 10 guys. I, I think I'm going to win when probably I'll get killed. I just just my personality, but optimistic. My over optimistic can very well, obviously, turn sour. But I am very overly optimistic because the guy. First of all, America always wins. Warren Buffett said it best today. Who, by the way, I teeter on liking and not liking, but today <laughs> he said America finds a way to win. And it's true that guy, we are the greatest country on earth, and there's a reason. Uh, it's because our capitalistic society, and we have a lot of ideas, and we just always find a way to get ahead. We might take an ass kick in the meantime, but we always find a way to come out strong. And another thing is, we got a leader who's fearless, who has always got the job done, and who's always. And by the way, he got himself into pinches, really tight pinches, and came out <laughs> decades later to be president of the United States, United States, and be one of the wealthiest men in the entire world. So combine that and the fact that I'm optimistic in, about about the future of America. But please, listeners, be very cautious in the bond market. Don't, don't get overly excited about the stock market. Right now I have very, very close stop losses into my portfolios. Uh, my clients are protected from that catastrophic market collapse. I could very, very well uh, end up having egg in my face over the next month if this thing continues to go straight up. Um, but like I pointed out on the show on a technical analysis chart, the past nine times that the market has hit this area on, on bullish percentage, it has backed down somewhat or significantly, and, 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 and that scares me. So I pl- I'm prudent, and I play the numbers and, the object- and I'm objective, 
And I'd like to add that passive investing, by the, by the way, since 2009, has beat what I've done for a living, which is technical analysis investing. So just goes to show you, I'm not always right. And two, also goes to show you that there's a time and place for everything. And sometimes passive investing, which we'll get into in a second here, is a, is the right way to go. And passive investing is what your mom and dad did, and, and my mom and dad did, to where they just continually dollar cost average and put money into a stock market index or some mutual funds. Opened up their statement 20 years later and said, "Oh God, we made a lot of money." Mm-hmm. That's passive investing. And you really don't need a financial advisor to, to do pa- passive investing. You need uh, about an hour. You need a couple financial planning books, and you need some time on a computer. You can select five or six different five-star funds, let them sit, and probably make money over the next 20 years. If you're looking to beat the markets, and if you're looking to avoid those catastrophic market collapses, technical analysis is what I do, and that's where it's at. So, But I want you to know that passive investing has kicked my butt over the past eight years, and it's kicked all technicians' butt because if you just put your money in the Dow Jones in an uh, 09 and let it ride up to now, you tripled your money. I mean, all you have to do is look at 6,500 and now look at the Dow Jones at 20,000. It's just a, it's a, it's a mathematical uh, point. So the I guess the um, the way to the way to remedy that is probably be a hybrid on your portfolio. Uh, and that hybrid meaning that maybe you do half technical analysis, which is what I do, which is management, and then maybe half uh, in, in passive investing where you pick out some sectors that are uh, underplayed, like a biotech right now, um, and, and let it sit and hopefully make some money. Are you giving any uh, attention to the to the uh, military type of things? Uh, because uh, you know, they, went, they went up today because there's talking, oh, Trump's man. talking about more spending in the military. If you look at it, military, if you look at that uh, aero, aerospace, aerospace and defense ETF sector, and there's three of them, them in home runs. By the way, that's not a solicitation or a recommendation. That's just factual. But the scary part of that is is they've gone up but with no, with no substance behind it, just on pure belief that Trump's going to get us into a war. But that hasn't happened. So that tells me that maybe um, – there's too much confidence in it. There's too many bulls in it for no reason. I do believe it's a sector where you can make some money, especially if you're buying on a pullback. But, yeah, the aerospace and defense sector, which is combined, by the way, uh, has done outstanding. I think it's, been seven, it's done 7% for the past year, and it's been a steady hill, steady hill since it's climbed. So majority of those gains have come from November. So to make 7% in that short of time, which doesn't sound like much, but if you take – that time period, multiply it times three, if it continues to go, it would be about a 20% game, which is a fantastic game. Yeah, well, he's, he's talking about, put, you know, Trump's talking about spending more money, you know, building up the military. That, i got to assume, is why the stocks continue to surge, right? It is, but, but whether you, yes, I agree with you. But whether you overspend in, in, in military, or not overspend, but whether you're spending, which, by the way, I think is a very smart idea, um, whether you're spending in the military sector or not, you still need something to use to, to have a need. You have a supply and demand need. Eventually, if you have oversupply, that actually is going to work against the sector. Would you agree with that? 
Yes. Now, and, and if I jump to another sector, are you, you've been, John Arnold's our guest, you've been really uh, liking the healthcare sector. Are you, are you still positive on that, or are you concerned with, with what's going on with Obamacare and what to do with it or not do with it? There's an uncertainty there with the whole healthcare thing. Has that changed you at all on your thoughts about the uh, healthcare sector? No. No, just the opposite. As a matter of fact, that, that health XLV, which is our position in our portfolio, has done it's done average. It's been one of our worst performers, and that's saying a lot, believe it or not, because some of our best performers have like been IHI, which is the medical devices, um, uh, and some other things. I don't in, in building and industry. I want to give the, the, the ship away for free, but XLV, the healthcare sector, has been average return, but it carries a nice dividend. And if you look at consumer staples, and you look at uh, food and food and food and beverage industry, you look at things that are staples of the household, which are utilities, healthcare, et cetera. They've been average, and the reason why is because those are considered more safety sectors. But when risk is is in favor, people are going to run from safety, and they're going to plow into things like building, like CMEX. And they're going to plow into, um, I don't know what some other things, maybe Tesla, all right, or Amazon, et cetera. Something that has, carries a lot more risk, but, um, you know, obviously there's a lot more reward because now their confidence level is, is swayed. What I try to do is build a long-term portfolio and say, let's look at this thing for the long term. Yes, let's have our, our Amazons and our Facebooks of the world, but knowing that these things are going to get the crap kicked out of them someday. So we need to off-balance those with a consumer staples, or in this case, a healthcare. But let me answer your question in more direct fashion, Ron. So I believe that the Trump administration is going to carve out the bad and, and, and neutralize the bad and really come together with the medical industry and people like myself and you that are paying ridiculous amounts of money for health insurance and with high deductibles and saying now the working man has, has got a decent plan for a decent price. The problem with the Affordable Care Act, which is – the Unaffordable Care Act is it's unaffordable uh, unless you are poor, unless you're not working. Whether it's your fault or not working, rewarding somebody for not achieving is not an American uh, staple. So there's going to be a balance and a neutrality that comes, and I believe once that, once that hits, once that comes into effect, that particular healthcare sector, I believe, and that's an opinion, is going to take off. Um, but I do believe it's a good staple. For anybody's portfolio, just like I do with consumer staples, just like I do with utilities, especially if you're looking to get yield and because your uh, your savings accounts uh, suck right now in the money markets and the so-called high-yield CDs at 1.5% are so terrible, um, this is somewhere you can, again, get a safer, not safe, but a safer return, knowing that the likeliness of Merck and Johnson & Johnson are not going out of business. So... Hopefully, that answered your question in a very long way. But for the audience, that's, that's the reasoning for the position. Do you have any thoughts on gold and silver? That's an email. Right now, that, that's an email me. question. Um, I just read it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said that's an email question. I just got. I just read it off my screen. Oh, so there yeah, you go. Yeah, I, I, I gotta tell you, I hate those questions. I, I every I, every investment seminar or every workshop I do. There's always two or three people in the crowd that want to bombard me with some stupid precious metals questions. So I'll answer it in the most basic form I can. Precious metals are somewhere you can invest your money that is 
for a safety precaution. It's a currency stabilizer. It's an inflation fighter. Right now, inflation is in check. Uh, right now, currency is in check. Um, do I believe that someday your gold and silver, yeah, might be worth something? Yeah, go knock yourself out. Buy a ton of it. Um, but do I believe it belongs in your investment portfolio? Not really. Not if you're looking to make money in the short term. Uh, but, man, there's always those people that are just gone, you know, that are just crazy about their gold and their silver, but I'm not a commodities dealer. Uh, there's a very good person in town that, that is, and that's the guy for the question. And uh, but I'm not a big I'm not a big player in that market. And there's two reasons. One, I don't think there's a there's an immediate uh, big return for, imminent for it. And two, um, I. I I don't know enough about it to give you a reasonable opinion on it. That's the truth. All right. Let me get your reaction to this. Uh, I'm just curious. Jim Cramer was shocked when Warren Buffett revealed on CNBC Monday that Berkshire Hathaway had more than doubled its position in Apple to 133 million shares. We got more investment wisdom than most people can consume in a lifetime, the host said about the interview. Buffett revealed to Squawk Box that after January 1st and before Apple's earnings on January 31st, Berkshire Hathaway purchased 120 million shares. That put Apple neck and neck with Coca-Cola as its largest position. Kramer marveled at the simplicity of Buffett's approach when he explains that when he takes his great-grandkids and their friends to Dairy Queen, they all have iPhones. That prompted him to do homework on the balance sheet, capital allocation, earnings, and decided that Apple was a good buy. What is amazing about this is that Buffett did what literally anyone can do. He started with an idea, did the homework, realized it was a great stock. Any comment on that? Yeah, I mean, let's face it, Buffett's got a woody for, for Apple, that's the truth. <laughs> but, but listen, you're, he's right, but isn't that, isn't that that news a little bit old hat? It's like, okay, Warren Buffett, you did, give me something that's valuable, give me something that then people haven't heard. Give me a biotech. Give me the latest craze. Tell me a little bit more about Tesla and the future of that. It, I'll be honest with you. That, that, that Apple news story I read, that I, I get all the same news that everybody else gets. It's like, oh, man, not this again. Yes, Apple's got a great balance sheet. they got more cash in a lot of countries. That's the truth. Uh, but i got to tell you, their products have been uh, less than since Steve Jobs died. I, I'm an Apple holder. I'm, I'm talking on an iPhone as we speak. I have three iPads, two for the kids, and a mini iPad when I go on a plane. And everybody has one, you know? And they do. But you know what? At the end of the day, there's only so much capitalization. There's only so much a stock can run. Do I believe that Apple is probably going to go back up to four or $500 someday? Probably. Probably. But you know what? My investors don't give me 20 years to perform. Mm-hmm. And Warren Buffett is one of the richest men in the world. He does have 20 years to perform. Yes, with a small dividend, and yes, Apple is an outstanding company on the balance sheet. But to, to be honest with you, I think there's way better, way better positions out there for the same amount of risk for, for potential growth. I just do. And that's one of those things to where Warren Buffett, you know, if, if Peter Schiff said the same exact thing, let's face it, the spotlight wouldn't be on it as much because it's Warren Buffett uh, saying once again, sitting in Dairy Queen once again, that he's going to do this or that. Oh, wow. It just doesn't impress me. It doesn't entertain me. And uh, I think there's better positions out there. And, and, you know, I call like I see it. All right. Now, if you'd like to get in touch with John Arnold, first of all, uh, uh, he's here every Monday night at 6 o'clock. 
And uh, every Monday at 6 o'clock, John Arnold's here talking about investing stocks, bonds, mutual funds, 401ks, all that kind of stuff. And uh, he's a big guy in technical analysis. Now, if you'd like to sit down and talk to John uh, and uh, about, uh, you know, like you like to say, get a checkup or a second opinion or maybe some advice, you're open to all of that kind of stuff. Talk about that, John, and how people can find you and get yeah. a hold of you. You can give us a call, 330-965-9890. That's our, cell, that's our office phone. You can reach us on uh, 3869 Star Center Boulevard on the last building on the left, the opposite way of courthouse. So if you turn in the Star Center and you went left towards the cul-de-sac, on the last building on the left, there's a building going up as we speak. Very beautiful, but it's it's not completely done yet. So I'm the last operating building on the left for now anyway. Um, we have a new sign going in. So there's a little sign on the, on the, on the curb there. So general management. Uh, we offer free consultations, no obligation. We do not pressure you, do not call you, mail you, and drive you crazy. Um, if you want a free consultation, you want a guy who knows what he's doing, and give you a, a free second opinion, I'm your guy. All right. And the phone number once again? 330-965-9890. All right. And, of course, with John, you know, you, the, the, you, you basically, I would call it a management fee, if you will, John. I don't know how how you do it, and you don't that's pay. A, for, that's what it's called. And you, and you don't pay for any trades or any of that kind of stuff uh, that uh, that yeah. he does. He 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 eats all of that. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're a full encompassing uh, wrap fee account program where the client pays a flat fee, and we we take care of all the custodial charges. All right, there that does it. Thank you, John. We'll talk next hey, Monday thanks. at Good six. Show. Thank you, my friend. All right, Bye-bye. that's John Arnold's uh, The Truth and Investing Show. It happens Monday at 6 on News Radio 570 WKBN. So join us every Monday and uh, hear what John has to say about where things are heading. You know, it was interesting tonight where he said, you know, he put in those stop losses and, uh, and uh, what, is, what his strategy is as far as that's concerned, because we shall see what happens. News is next at 7. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon at 3 right here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. News Radio 570 WKBN, Youngstown, Ohio, where we approach 7.